Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of July 4th, 2022, alongside Hunter Pulaski in Petoskey. I am Peter Garber in Chicago. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Stop in, tell Jim Hunter sent you. In this week's episode, lots happening in the state of Michigan. We got results from the Michigan Amateur, Michigan PGA Women's Open, PJ Maybank from Sheboygan has been playing some great golf. Get you caught up on all that. Hunter's going to tell me who won on the Live Tour at Pumpkin Ridge since I actually cannot tell you. And he asked me who won and I, I gave him the person who got second. So that shows you how much I care about Liv. I'll leave that update to Hunter. We'll take you around the tours. Quiet week. Um, But we got double the fun on the PGA. Teaming up with the DP World Tour to take on the Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club. Tom Doak's overseas track there. And we're also at Keene Trace, just outside Lexington, Kentucky, for the world-renowned Barbasol Championship, a big opportunity for the up and comers on the PGA Tour this week. But first, the tournament that none of us could turn away from. The excitement on the PGA Tour was absolutely riveting over the weekend. Hunter, your takeaways from JT Poston's win at the John Deere Classic in Silvis, Illinois. Well, I don't have a ton. I'll be honest with you. I uh, it was it was kind of be to be expected almost. I, mean, I think it's very rare that you have somebody that. Everyone, I don't want to say expected to win, but he was the uh, had to be close to the top of the board, and he played well last week. So t- to see him top of the board, I thought he was near the top of the board because he played so well two weeks ago. So like, do you, you listen to do you listen to this show? <clears throat> uh, everyone's because I was a JT Poston backer at sixty five to one, but I thought it got down to like thirty when it was all said and done. Maybe by t- my maybe by the time he teed off, maybe yeah, he certainly was popular. You're right about that. Yeah, so to, to actually see it uh, to see it pan out, um, pretty good golf all four days. I, I he played know. so well. Yeah, he I did mean, play very well. He was dialed. He kind of like you know. He limped it in a little bit. Yeah. A lot of pars. A lot of pars after the quick start on Sunday. Needed that quick start, but made a few key putts to kind of keep the round afloat. And uh, yeah, just, 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 uh, you know, when you race out to 20 under after three days, you just kind of got to make sure you don't blow it. Yeah, exactly. I was actually. Uh... On a side note, I was super impressed with uh, how the gala played. Did you see he was? Mm-hmm. I think he was like five shots off of the cut line going into his back nine yeah, on shot, Friday, and just yeah, shot, turned yeah. on the burners. And then played well all the way through Sunday. I, I didn't see. I don't think I saw his Sunday score, but yeah, that was quite the turnaround. So to see him, obviously, not to, not to finish it out last week to have him. Be in a position where he easily could have just kind of mailed it in there on the back nine and and went on to the barbersaw. He uh, chose to kind of keep keep his foot down, which is which is kind of cool to see from from the guys. I thought the course played as easy as I've ever seen. It was just the perfect combination of literally no wind. Like it, the wind <laughs> is was absent and. The course looked really soft, kind of wet. It was it was exactly what we thought it was going to be in terms of irons and putting with the guys you mentioned, like Diala obviously playing well the last three days, Denny being up there, and JT, you know, the quintessential kind of irons and, and, and putting guy. He's not going to wow anybody with his off-the-tee game, but you just don't need it at the deer. No. Man, how about even Grillo popping up there, getting a hot week with the hot week with the putter for Grillo, which I still saw him miss some that he probably could have made. Yeah, his form is interesting right now. Very bent, very bent over, very bent over, which is the polar opposite of JT Post. I'm always amazed whenever JT gets tea time uh, or TV time. Two things that stand out to me about his game. One, 
He reminds me of that Ben Hogan quote that it's virtually impossible to stand too close to the ball because he looks like he could, if he inches any closer to it, he might tap it with his toe. Yeah. All the way through his bag, pretty much, especially with his short irons, though, which is a great lesson. So many of us stand too far away from the ball. Just like naturally, we're too far away from it. Um, and how straight up his posture is when he putts. You know, like he's like, like he looks like he's not even hardly bending at the waist, which again, our tendencies as amateurs just kind of get closer and closer, closer to the ball. You see, that's the opposite of Grillo, who's not a very good putter. He's trying to get closer and closer and closer to the ball, more and more bent over. JT, who's a great putter, is standing up straight and his arms are falling freely from his from his shoulders, and that leads to a nice, simple, repetitive motion there where the putter stays close to the ground. I was so happy for him to win. I mean, granted, I was I was a little happier for myself to win. It's been a bit of a cold streak, but JT's the man. It was nice to see him talk about his support system, his family. It's a huge win for him after what's been a really, really uh, tough year, and it was just what we were talking about last week and that the deer is interesting story-wise. You know, like something is going to come out of this where somebody's life is changed meaningfully, and it happened to be JT Boson this week. No, you're right about that. There is, uh, <clears throat> there always is the stories on these these smaller, less attended events. What do you think the winning score would be if it was like a if it was a strength of field up there with like the players? Or do you think it's that razor thin where it wouldn't be that much different? Or do you think these guys would go maybe a few? Yeah, maybe a few strokes. A few strokes. Nothing I crazy. do think it's not that it's not that variable based on the skill set because the, you're taking kind of the ball striking advantage out of it when the track is that easy. It's yeah. The fairways and greens hit and regulation is so high at the deer that you can, it's always going to be something of a putting contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe, maybe they touched, maybe they could have touched 25. Yeah. I think some, if some stronger players had been just behind post and he might've been passed. Because he he really did just enough on on Sunday. Yeah, no, I agree with that. How about uh, how about Chris Gatterup? How about Your that boy? Yeah, top top forty, top thirty, top twenty, top ten, top five. <laughs> did you actually bet all those? No, of course not. <laughs> no, I'm actually I'm getting uh I'm yeah getting... no I'm happy for you. He hit he hit a drive. So if you listen last week, you know I've been to the deer a couple times. I love walking the course. It's like it's really hilly compared to what it looks like. There's some throwaway holes in there, but it's fun to watch those guys go make a ton of birdies. The drive he hit on two on, I think it was Saturday. I've never seen a ball down there. I've never seen a ball. That was, he almost, he cuts the corner, which everybody does. And if you were watching the final groups on Sunday, you saw like Poston was right next to the bunker. McCarthy was in the bunker. There's bunkers guarding that. Got her up, hit it so far over those bunkers that he almost rolled through the fairway on the other side. And that is the low point on the golf course where you're actually down at the level of the river, which you can see over to your left. He hit it so far. He had to like hook a nine iron around a tree to get it onto the green. And he hit a great shot from there too and tapped in for Eagle Two was just a, such an easy hole all week, but that is the longest drive I've ever seen at two on the deer in the, in the, you know, I've probably seen 30 or 40 tee shots off that hole. Yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> he doesn't look like he's that big. Like he's not, he's not tall. Did he go to Rutgers? Did you see the chain he was wearing? No, he went to Oklahoma. Maybe he's from. Maybe he's from. From Jersey. Jersey. That's a possibility. That actually sounds. Let me. Um, yeah, he's from Little Silver, New Jersey. Is he wearing a Rutgers? So, is he wearing a Rutgers chain? No, he's just wearing a chain. Him and Grillo were both rocking some pretty. Some, why? Why did you some, say? Why did you say? Did he go to Rutgers then? Just because it looked like somebody who went to Rutgers. That is that's wildly accurate. <laughs> From New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, no, he wears he wears his jersey around his neck. Mm-hmm. 
And Grillo, Grillo's chain is just off the charts money. Did you see that thing? No, I really. Dude, he looks like he should be playing second base for like the Angels or something. He's just got a huge chain underneath his polo. That helps keep his head down. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. I really. No, it's monitoring. It's monitoring his, his heart rate. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually see, uh, we're getting off topic now, but have you seen that those, those, uh, they're essentially like sports bras with the, the, <laughs> all of the, a lot of the MLS players wearing them now are to sports bra with a, um, a tracking device like right in their back and what? it tracks like all of their movement and heart rate and vitals and all that stuff. Why can't they just make it like a tank? Um, why does it have to crop? I don't really know why they don't just make it into a tank because that because it's really only thing they need it for is just that back part of the like the sh- where the shoulder blades that's where it sits, so it just needs like somewhere and that's just what they just tape it on a patch or something. That's so weird. Well, I look forward to seeing you wearing one of those the next time we're at Bayview together. No, that was an MLS. Maybe you can get one of those in time for the Cook Cup. I possibly could. I'm sure I could. Are you in the field yet, by the way? Hunter, I, by the way, got waitlisted for the member guests. Yeah, least. 21. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to talk about it. 21 minutes in. 21 minutes in, I get waitlisted. Absolute BS. Baloney. Uh, I am in, though, so I, all my all my um, complaining has, has subsided. Well, I haven't quite, yeah. I haven't quite taken it. Is Mitch your partner again? <sighs> he is. And boy, oh boy, we played on Monday, and... I better play well. <laughs> I better play some good golf. I'm glad to hear that. I think I'm he shot. I that. think he shot 87, 86 as a six. Oh, so Ooh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a four, and I can easily lay down a couple eighty threes. Maybe not at Bayview so much, but yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think you. I'd like to think you couldn't. <laughs> really, <laughs> when push yeah. comes to shove, I think you probably could break eighty three at Bayview. Yeah, I think I can. <laughs> Um. All right. Any other takeaways from from TPC John Deere? No, that was about six minutes too long. Seven minutes too long of recap for John. Okay. Deere. Well, I love the tractors. That's my other my one. I have two takeaways. One is that I won, so congratulations to me. Mm-hmm. And second is that I love the tractors. Every time they show that, I'll complain about not showing enough golf every week, except at the John Deere. Just pan over to those awesome machinery and let me look at some of that i gotta get i gotta get we gotta get dorothy and mac out there one year so they can skid up on those ginormous tractors that'd be on cloud nine yeah they need to do i would add i'd actually watch some pre-coverage of them mowing the fairways with all their john that's deere, a good idea john deere that's tractors a good, that's a great idea i need to see those see those all in action it probably looks pretty sweet out there maybe this will be the one time that the networks listen to our broadcast suggestions and we'll end up instead of watching more golf we'll watch more grass mowing i wouldn't hate it All right, where do you want to go next let's, should we go local because i know we got a lot to get to there yeah we can go local so let's uh peter mentioned the intro uh pj maybank from uh sheboygan has been playing some very excellent golf uh they just played in the or he just played in the western junior am this has been two weeks ago now week and a half ago uh down in naperville i'm not sure have you ever played that course pierre that, that that's at naperville country club i have not i'm actually going there for a wedding next year so i might have to try to sneak on over there because i heard i mean it looks looks awesome so we actually finished t5th uh west western junior am western am or some of the top uh, am junior am events in the country so really good play in there that event was won by eduardo Debrez Torres with a score of eight or par. PJ finished at five under, so really was right there. Shot 66 in the third round, his low round of the week. And 66 also looks like the low round from anybody that finished in the top five. So the kid can play. And then. That's some great golf. Congratulations to mm-hmm. him. And then he also played in the uh, AJGA Polo Match Play event, which was at Beth Page Black this past week. He finished uh, ninth place in that. So uh, once again, congratulations to PJ. Moving on to the 111th Michigan Amateur, uh, which is at Hawk Hollow. If you guys remember, we were we were I think we were one round in 
uh, to the event uh, during last week's recording. That event has finished up with Nick Kruger from Spring Lake, also a Grand Valley uh, student, taking home the championship in 19 holes over uh, Patrick Deerdorf, who plays for Eastern Michigan, and then um, August Mikoff and David Szymanski. Uh, August plays for Michigan State, and uh, David is a member at Hawk Hollow. That was the final four. Uh, other names that made it from made it into match play from Northern Michigan: Cole Putnam, from just a graduate from uh, Gaylord High School, made it to the round of thirty-two, ended up losing to Patrick Deerdorf, the finalist, uh, two and one in round of thirty-two. Patrick Colburn, uh, a 2011 Traverse City Central graduate finished uh, in or lost in the round of 32 and 21 holes against Owen Tucci from Macomb. And then uh, Bradley Smithson from um, Michigan State, who won the Michigan Open last year, also advanced uh, pretty far in a match play. So is, Cole Put- is Putnam going to play college golf? Do we know? <sighs> You would think you would know by now. Let me see. We're going to effort that information if it's not readily available, but I think that'd be interesting for people to know. It's good to get to the round of 32 and lose to an eventual fi- eventual finalist, and we've been mentioning his name seems uh, quite a bit lately. I think he was, you know, as all-conference honors and has been up near the top of a lot of these leaderboards. Well, uh Thank you for. T- I think he's actually class of twenty twenty three would be next year, so he's only a junior. So he actually has one more year, and he's going to dominate high school golf next year. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. So uh, once we once we know, I have to imagine he is. I hope he's being recruited. Yeah, I mean, he seems like the definition of consistency. I mean, his name his name is always up the top leaderboard. Uh, so we will let you know where he ends up uh, when he decides if he decides to go play college golf. Uh, moving on to the Michigan PJ Women's Open, uh, Sarah White from Caledonia, Michigan, shot six under to win the event by four, shot 75-72, finished with a round of 63. Unbelievable. In the final round, uh, the lowest round by four shots uh, over the week. Um, I mean, talk about talk about improvement throughout the days 75 72 63 not a bad that's an incredible that's a that is like a that must have been like an out-of-body experience for her. that's such a low number in a final round yeah i mean and it wasn't necessarily i've played that golf course not an easy golf course and they weren't playing it from that far up they were playing it from 6200 yards i mean it wasn't it wasn't a chip and putt by any means uh, so wildly yeah, impressive. That included uh, eight birdies and one eagle uh, during her round. Jessica Walsh or Welch had four birdies and one eagle in her final round. Uh, got outdone a little bit. She finished second uh, at two under. Uh, Crystal Wang from Champaign, Illinois, finished even par. Caroline Power Ellis from East Lansing finished plus one. And rounding out the top four, Sandra Angula Monaro, who was in first place with a 6-7 after the first round, finished in tied fourth at plus one. All right, so let's do, we have a little bit of Michigan girls, um, Michigan University, University of Michigan girls golf to cover. So starting with uh, Ashley Lau, uh, she took part in the Arnold Palmer Cup, which is uh, a Ryder Cup-like Ryder Cup as competition between uh, the top international players and the top uh, players from the United States. The international team won that event. Ashley Lau secured a point in uh, the singles match, and it was tied going into the singles match, so that was a, a crucial point. On to a little bit of USAM qualifying for the ladies. Uh, Haley Borgia Lauren Sung and Sydney Sung, who are actually freshmen on the team, or recruited freshmen coming into this next year. They are twin sisters from California. All three of them are taking part in the USAM qualifying at Los Gatos uh, on July 7th. Annika Dye is taking part in the USAM qualifying at Saginaw Country Club, I'm guessing, July 8th. And uh, Monet. Great track. 
I, I've heard really good things about that course. Uh, and then it's a cool track. Monet Chun uh, is taking part in the North and South Am at Pinehurst, July 11th through the 16th. And that's really all I have from around the tours. I know the the ladies were off this week, I believe. Yeah, so the uh, <clears throat> Chang Dao from uh, Beijing, 25-year-old, is took home the championship at the, which was formerly the Colorado Open. Now it's the As- Ascendant. Ascendant. Ascendant, presented by Blue. So a little, little name change, a little rebrand. Um, and he, he had enough, uh, enough points now to qualify for the PGA Tour. So we will see him back on the, the uh, tour next year. He is a 2021 PGA Tour University uh, class member. So he came out firing and then just had a little bit of struggles, but it's good to see him back playing well. Yeah, there's some really uh, – we're going to have some some really good players coming up uh, to the PGA next year with some of these guys that have have already uh, sort of inked their uh, their cards – you know, do nothing but a formality like Dow, as you mentioned. Carl Juan was second again this week. Guy has been unreal all year. He's first. Brandon Matthews tied for third. He's had a great year. And Davis Thompson is starting to play some some better golf. He's all the way up to seventh in the in the top twenty five. Who's the young kid from Georgia? Who I think we can expect to see some some really good golf from in the uh, in the future. Uh yeah, exciting. Even some uh, some unstable times the PJ Tour still pretty exciting. Got some yeah, good some guys great, coming up. Some great young golfers coming up, no doubt. So I think that's really uh, that's probably really all I have from around the tours. I know the I think the ladies were. Let me just confirm that. I thought the ladies were off this past week. They were. Yep, and they're actually off. Yep, they're off this week, and then they have the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational, the match play or the. Uh, team event. Team event. July 13th through the 16th at Midland Country Club. Man, busy summer in Michigan golf, as it always is. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, shall we talk about what's coming up on the PGA Tour? Yes. Um, we have an interesting situation in the fact that the Scottish Open has a, I don't know what it means exactly, but this is now a joint venture i guess if you will between the pga tour and dp world tours that is for the first time this year we're at the renaissance club again which is um you know where this tournament was held last year that is in north berwick scotland i believe so we're along the lake but we have an american designer in tom doak and in fact a michigan designer in tom doak here at the uh at the renaissance club overseas um 14 of the top 15 in the owgr in this field at the scottish open as those players prep for next week's open championship and at st andrews so certainly acclimating to the time zone to the weather conditions to the grass types of the turf etc um, I don't know how much this golf course necessarily resembles St. Andrews. I don't know how many golf courses resemble St. Andrews at all. Um, but like I said, 14 of the top 15 in the official world golf rankings are in this field uh, this week at the Scottish Open. Um, some other somewhat interesting things about this golf course. Last year, the winning score was minus 18. Min Woo Lee, so it's not as difficult as maybe you would assume a Lynx track might be. I know uh, from doing some reading that Tom Doak has been consulting with Patty Harrington, among others, about how to make sure, you know, the scores don't get too out of control. Mentioned specifically that when wind is not a factor on this track, it becomes too much of a putting contest, which we know from comments from players like John Rahm that some of the best players in the world do not enjoy. They would like to see the best ball strikers be rewarded rather than the best putters. I think that's a really interesting thing to sort of keep in mind here. We've seen winning scores as low as minus 22 
on this golf course. So that is certainly a putting contest. I mean, that's, that's TPC John Deere type stuff right there. Uh, so last year, Ryan Palmer was actually the top American here. Um, Minwoo Lee, as I mentioned, won in a playoff over Thomas Detry and Matthew Fitzpatrick. JT, Xander, and Scheffler were all in the uh, in the top 15. So we'll go through those odds here in a minute. But meanwhile, so we have that going on overseas. And then meanwhile, we have the Barbasol Championship at Keene Trace, which is just outside Lexington, Kentucky. It's a 7,300-yard par 72. You may remember the Barbasol from last year because we had a 6 whole playoff one of those long marathon playoffs where Seamus power outlasted JT Poston who finally made a mistake and popped one in the water JT Poston plays well at this time of year uh it seems I wish I could bet Seamus power to win something this week but I can't find him in any field I guess he's taking the week off I don't know why he certainly wouldn't go defend his championship at the Barbasol as PGA Tours website would suggest I'd like you to believe that would not make a ton of sense, but I thought he'd be in the Scottish Open. Yeah, you would, um, you would think so. So other other high finishers from last year, Lahiri and Ryder missed the playoff by one. Other guys who were up there, Armour, James Hahn. I mean, listen, you know, these guys all have the pretty much the same skill set. You know, it's an irons and putting. It's an approach putting. You know, Luke List maybe a little different. Mito was up there. Pat Rogers, Joseph Bramlett had a decent week here last week. Bo Hogue, who popped a little bit at the at the deer and is carrying triple digit odds coming into uh, this week. So, you know, just resort resort golf. This is one of multiple courses at this resort it's the champions course. It's it's going to be, you know, similar to the resort courses that you've played. We're going to get into the minus 20s. You're going to need to make a ton of putts. Guys are going to hit a lot of fairways and, and, and a lot of greens. Probably not all that dissimilar from what we saw at uh, the John Deere. You get another you get another par five. So we're up to a par 72 here. 7,300 yards isn't long or short. Um, so I guess we'll go to the odds board. Do you have any... Uh, any thoughts either of these tournaments? My one big takeaway from the Barbasol is the only course that was easier than it two years ago. It was canceled last year because of COVID. But or actually it was canceled two years ago because of COVID last year. The only course that was easier than uh this one is can you guess which course? Palm Springs. TPC Craig Ranch. Oh, Craig Grant. <laughs> I forgot about Craig Grant. <laughs> so I expect some low numbers. Uh, 114 Eagles here in 2019. Quite a few. PJ record, actually. So. <laughs> yeah, par five scoring is definitely a huge factor here, but I haven't seen a lot of long guys pop. No. And I don't really. I, I mean, it's only 7,300 yards, seven, par 72. I don't necessarily know if you have to be. You don't have Super to be long, long. No. no. You definitely don't have to be. Uh, it doesn't look like the weather is supposed to be the, the best I've ever seen, so maybe that's something to keep in mind. In Lexington? In Lexington. Rain? Rain, yes. So it's going to be even more under par. Um, Emphasis, would, putting. Because the course can be soft. Yes. Putting, putting, putting. Do we want to know who just the, the best? Should I look up and... Here, let me just do it. I'll pull up who the best putters are in this field while you talk amongst yourselves. Here we go. Um, let's do la- let's do last let's do last twenty four rounds. Kelly Craft, Flava Flavin, Patrick Flava Flavin. Is he going to make a run this week? Looked he, like he made the cut last week and played pretty well. Is that he right? did? He finished top ten. So that's that's he's why he is playing in this event, I believe. You guys don't know about Flava Flavin. He's a Monday Q legend. This guy gets through so many Mondays and then he struggles. I think I might be seventy one hundred dollars in DraftKings. I don't know what his outright odds are, but I don't know if he'll win. But he could he could play well again. Uh, 
Canals, third in putting, Svensson. Svensson, fourth in putting, last 24 in this round, in this field. Soren Kjeltsen's playing in the Barbasol. Can we get some college players and some corn fairy guys in these fields, please? Blixt, sixth. Scott Brown, seventh. There's Hadley, eighth. Been playing well. Lauer is ninth. And Hubbard is tenth. Uh, who else is notable up here? Lebiota's been putting it well. Oh, boy. None of the guys I was thinking about betting. Um, the odds board is hilarious. Have you looked at it? Uh, I was I was just getting into it. Uh, yes. Well, I got money to burn coming off my victories, my victory last week and some other nice tickets. So oh, you I don't really a know frisky how to s- – it, yeah, it's tough to figure out how to, how to uh, spend it here. You want to do the Scottish Open or the Barbasol first? Uh, let's do the the let's do the Scottish first. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Barbasol. So, Rom leads this one off along with Scheffler. I'm on DraftKings at twelve to one. JT fourteen, Xander Fitzpatrick eighteen, Zalatoris can't lay twenty two. They're not going to get my money this week. Cameron Smith, 25. Morikawa Burns, 28. Wow, that's a soft number on Colin. Spieth, Hovland, Hideki, 30 to 1. It's almost like you're getting major pricing here based on how strong this field is. Neiman, M, 40. Connors, Fleetwood, Hatton, Fox. It's a short number for Ryan Fox, all 45 to 1. Cam Young, Lucas Herbert, 50. Keegan, 55 to 1. Max Homa, Billy Horschel, if it turns into a putting contest, could be interesting. Aaron Rye are all 60 to 1. That's a sh- too, way too short of a number for Aaron Rye. Keith Mitchell, Justin Rose, Bobby Mack, 70 to 1. Victor Perez, 75. Bez, 80 to 1. He definitely will get my money this week after a good performance at the John Deere. And I think this course could possibly suit him. Defending champion Minwoo Lee, 80 to one. Adrian Maronk, 80 to one. Gary Woodland, 80 to one. There's Mito moving up from the Barbasol to the Scottish Open. He's 80 to one. Uh, Chris Kirk and Mark Leachman, 90. And then closing out the 100 to ones, Kokrak, Munoz, Norin, Jordan Smith, and Tung Lee. Do you see Tung? How Tung is still in triple digits after a victory. I think it was just a couple weeks ago. Uh, any, where do you see this one going, Hunter? Do you see a top player hoisting the trophy on on Sunday? Uh, real quickly, that that How Tung Lee. Did you see that video? The like he was like just like swearing up a storm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He dropped <laughs> several f bombs. Yeah. It was it was wild. I've never. <laughs> Or at least I don't know if it's several. It was at least yeah. two. Several is isn't several defined as three or more? Yeah, I think so. He said three. He said at okay. least three. <laughs> okay. He okay. was he was firing them off. And uh, it was really in a, under a minute, I think. But, oh yeah, it was quick. He didn't waste. He it. was almost as he's, he appeared to be as shocked by winning as the rest of us were because we were all <laughs> like, this guy was kind of like one of those. Over a short period of time, he was finishing. He was playing really well in big tournaments. Um, I think that had a lot to do with his driver, and then he disappeared. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, I I do I do see it being more of a top heavy. I know. Um, I know Minwoo Lee won last year, um, not being at the top of the board, but I still I, I still think Cream rises to the top. I can't believe we didn't mention Xander Shoffley winning a winning a like a a knockoff program event uh, this Tuesday or Monday and Tuesday. You see oh, that? he won that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so fitting. Uh, I mean, oh, unbelievably man. fitting. I actually um, really funny. I he's playing really well right now. Is he going to win the Open Championship? No, no. I hope. Not. I had two big takeaways from that JP McNannis pro am. It's that uh, Xander Shoffley always wins those events, and they kept how bad Tiger Woods played very quiet. 
it was a very you didn't see many shots and then like i finally saw one of him on on like the second day towards the end he was like plus nine and xander won at minus 10 Maybe. So, well, have you seen the images of Tiger's leg? I have. I have. I don't know how. I have. When I saw the leg without anything over it, a pant or anything, I thought, yeah, that's. It's going to make it tough. Probably not something that you can overcome unless you're, you know, which is kind of what we said anyway. You know, like go play the Wyndham. Yeah. Play Hilton Head. Those are courses where you might be able to get it done. And those the tour needs certain events to be reinvigorated. I see a solution here. Yeah, I'm not uh, – so getting back to the odds board, I'm not sure what's going on with Aaron Rye. Is he getting just a little bit of uh, the European love, you think? I don't really know. Is he more likely to win now that he's back overseas? That's a short number. Uh, what do you have him at? Because I have him at 66. I think you were a little lower than what I – Yeah, I think I said point. 60. So not not that much different. I saw two seventy five, three hundred to to top twenty. That's something potentially. I'm not. Uh, I still like. I just instantly, obviously, like instantly go to who you think plays well in the wind. Being in Scotland, I I really would like to see Justin Thomas play well overseas. I think it like makes it makes so much sense. Like you go out, you watch him play these really windy stateside rounds. And he's the best one by four shots. He really can control his golf ball better than anybody can on the PGA Tour right now. He's learning to play in the wind because he had a reputation as being a poor wind player in the past. Mm-hmm. But I mean, these last he did it at Southern Hills have been pretty incredible. I still like that that round of the players. Yeah, it's still one of the better rounds I've ever seen. It was winning. It was blowing so hard that day. When he's making the putts he has to make, I mean, he is really good. That's why I've said I thought he I thought he's definitely gonna be the best American player of his generation. I'm, and then I don't uh, I don't hate Sam Burns. He's gotta get going a little bit though. He does. He does. He does. I still like Sam Burns at twenty eight. Yeah, so he finished <clears throat> I don't know how much I'm gonna take off of this JP McNannis because I don't think I think it's I think that course giggle. is a little bit Americanized too, where and it's not. I don't think it was. No, I'm thinking of the um, the course is Americanized. I was. I'm thinking the Irish Open. Sorry, because that's what they kept. Because the Irish Open was was inland this year, and the people were not pleased. Keith Mitchell seventy to one to win the Scottish Open. What do they know? <laughs> Make it make sense, Hunter. I like Morikawa at 28 at the top. I mean, that's a soft number. Didn't he win? He won the Open Championship at Carnoustie. That was last year, right? Uh, yeah. Like, why would he play bad? I I, just, I don't know. I would have priced him at 20, like down by or 18 by Fitzpatrick and Xander and Zalatoris. So, I don't know what he's at at other books. That has my interest. I'd like to play Hovland as well at 30. I guess if I look at the weather and it looks tougher and windier, maybe I can maybe I can do that. If it's going to be calm, it'll be too much about the putting probably for him. Those are the those are the ones I like at the top. I could see Horschel, but 60 short, and I like Bazunhoit at 80. And uh, for bombs... I got a couple names to throw at you here. Danny Willett and Matt Wallace are 250 to one. Is Matt Wallace back from the dead? And Callum Taren is on a Taren. He's 300 to one. Can he win this tournament? He's British, right? He's English. He is English. I believe that. Yes. I, I, that gets it. That gets at least <laughs> yeah. a, a couple pennies in my money. I'm sorry, I can't resist a 300 on a guy who's who's feeling it right now. What about <laughs> the Danny nope. Willett Matt Wallace might be really dumb. I don't know. What about John Catlin? Remember him from last year? Yeah, I saw <laughs> that name down there. It was he's he's like what, one, what 150 150 to one reacts to Joel Damon's name. 
Yeah. What's John Catlin been doing lately? Uh, <laughs> can't imagine much. Not that I've seen, at least. All right, let's, All do, right. let's do a little bit of Barbasol. Yeah. A quick, a quick little Barbasol. Are you a Barbasol guy, by the way? you use Barbasol? No, no, goodness, no. No, I use... Uh, I actually was never, I was always a razor guy up until like a month ago, month and I bought like a, a Phillips electrical razor and that I've used that and that almost seems, I don't know, it's easier because I used to always have to be clean shaved when I was in the business. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't really an option, but no, I do not use Barbersaw. I think I use Harry's, I think is what it's called. Yeah, Harry's. I'm not a, not a supporter. Of the uh, Barbasol brand, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I can tell you. As a I user. mean, it's it's. I mean, it it was good stuff twenty five years ago. <laughs> like that big blob that comes out on your. <laughs> it comes out on. I remember I've used it, but it I smells. It smells like the, quite I quite terrible. Foam. It smells terrible. I use the. I use the foam. <laughs> you probably the smell. Stuff. You probably smell quite similar to your father. I would think with that. With that. Uh, Why is that a bad thing? It could be. You smell you smell like an old guy, I guess is what I uh whether that's a good thing or a bad thing with that barbecue. Hunter, I am an old guy. <laughs> On FanDuel, your boy, Chris Goderup, is the betting favorite that's at Keen Trace. Insane. <laughs> Can you even believe that? Let's go through these because they're funny. Boy, they said I can't believe Spenson was fourth on that list in putting. Uh, got her up 16 to one along with Kevin Streelman co-favorites. These are from FanDuel because DraftKings, your app isn't working right now. Uh, Svensson, 21 to one Hubbard, 22 along with Pendrith played decent here last year. Kazire, 28 to one is the first name that kind of looks like value. Probably is that possible. He's been playing. He's been playing best. okay. Hasn't he? Not as he's a winner. He is he a winner. Win PGA Tour events. Yes, that Hadley, is. Hadley thirty-one, along with Hayden Buckley and Sam Ryder. I can tell you, Sam Ryder is forty to one on DraftKings because that I bet. Yeah, and he's a. Uh, I mean, he finished T third last year. Mm-hmm. Lebiota, Huh, Taylor Moore, Kelly Craft, who we mentioned is number one in putting, are thirty-four to one. Why does FanDuel like all these weird numbers? Lee Hodges is thirty-seven to one. I like Lee Hodges, but not. I don't like him that much. Ryan Moore, Tyler Duncan, 40 to 1. Teeter, 41 to 1. James Hahn, who played well, 42 to 1. Glidgic, who had to go on at the Deer for a while, 45 to 1. Smotherman, 45 to 1. Grayson Sig, I also bet, but I got him at 60 at DraftKings. He's 50 to 1 here at FanDuel, along with Austin Cook, Vaughn Taylor, Michael Kim. And Julian Brune. Um, other notables in here, because this is this is just gets a little ridiculous. I gotta confess, I uh, some of these guys I don't know. I was about to say, Peter, my golf knowledge is being tested right now. Getting to the Big bottom time. of this leaderboard or bottom Big of the top board, rather. I got a question for you. What the heck happened to Doc Redman? Why I, yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing about, eighty to one at the Barbasol, dude. I Goodness saw I think gracious. I saw hundred. I think I saw a hundred on DraftKings. What the heck has gotten into I'm him? I'm thinking about getting in on it. Are the results that bad? I mean, they can't be good. That was one I kind of liked. I saw a Hogue at a hundred. He's a Buckeye. I don't really want to bet on him, but um. Another name that kind of sticks out kind is of interesting. Doc Redmond's ninety-five on DraftKings. That's crazy. What about uh, what about Grayson Murray? I know he had his little blow up at the PGA Championship, but he was actually playing some halfway decent golf going into his blow up, and then I think he played really well the week before, where he was at the top, like near the top of the leaderboard. He's I see a hundred on uh, Action Sports. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Ling Mirth played well at the PJ Championship. I see him down Gosh, there at the bottom. Dude, no, not Ling Mirth. <laughs> not Ling Mirth. <laughs> I mean, this is um, incredible. I'm betting Trey Molinax. 
because I'm waiting to see your name at the bottom of this Osborne. I'm sorry to see names. I know, dude. <laughs> Goodness I know. gracious. So Molinax is one I saw at 180. So I got in on that too, in addition to being in on Ryder and Grayson Sig. Um I mentioned I could get in on Hogue. Those are kind of the guys that I'm circling right now. Because some of these other boys, I don't know who they are. And I like Svensson, so that will probably be my DraftKings play. I like Hubbard, too. Um, what about Omar Resti for 1,000 to 1? No, Hunter. That's nice of you to ask, but I don't think so. Um, by the way, you can bet Brandon Grace. Brandon Grace? Brandon Grace. <laughs> How about uh at the Scottish Open? Any any uh any comments on the live? I know you mentioned you actually watched quite a bit of it. You must you're a sick, sick man, you know that? Um no, I just I what we do a podcast we do a golf podcast, so I like to know what's going on in the world of golf. <laughs> gotta, okay, gotta, okay. gotta be appreciate up to date. The, How about uh the research there? <laughs> All those guys that went to court to get into the Scottish Open and Rob Bold. I've never seen a Rob Bold tweet where it was where he does like who's in, who's out. <laughs> Somebody actually got removed from the field to make room for all the live players that got in. How about that guy had to be pissed? He got moved to first alternate. I can't remember who it was, but I saw that tweet and I go, "That's not gonna not gonna make many friends." They just removed. And that that made the field 160. So I'm sure somebody will drop out at some point. But I did get a chuckle out of that. Let me see who it was. Oh, Joseph <laughs> Joseph Bramlett got bumped to first alternate to make room for Brandon Grace, Justin Hardy, or Harding, Adrian Agude, uh Ian Poulter, and Matthew Southgate. <laughs> uh, this is a mess, man. It is. Uh, it absolutely is. Uh, it was. It was from Portland. The, the my takeaway from the live is I still like how long it is. I like that it's about five hours and 20 minutes. I like that you can go back on YouTube and watch the broadcast whenever you'd like. If you miss something, um, I like you're, they're still showing just as many golf shots. They started doing a few, or maybe one too many of those like one or two minute pieces where they cut away from the golf and they're making, um, Oh goodness gracious! Why can't I think? Not think of her name. Um, one of their on-course commentators. She used to be in the like the long drive for women. You know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. Should I? Uh, you. Sh- I think so. Let's see here if I can find it real quick. Drawing a complete blank on her name. What about Harry Higgs at 130 to one irons and putting? Why is he a hundred? Isn't he a little bit? I'm not got a little bit more class than that to be 130 to one in this field. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, Troy Mullins. Did that ring a bell to you? No. So, so like they did some on. So she holds the world record for the longest drive by women with 402 yards. Whoa. Yeah, she can beat the ball, and she's like a very in shape. Like not you wouldn't you would never know that she could hit the ball 402 yards by looking at her. Um, so they did like some of that stuff where they like cut away to her, which was, it was okay. It didn't bother me a ton. I hope they just don't add more because I think they realize they can tell the nice thing is like the, the live seems very in tune with what's going on and they see, they, it seems like they know where that they can break through, like where that they can make the, the biggest impact. And I think they'll just continue to show a lot of golf shots. Cause you like, you look on. Twitter, you look on like live golf affiliated tweets that they they're really praising how many shots they're that are being shown, and it worked out really well. Where the final group was, it was um, Dustin Johnson, Victor Perez, and um, or Victor Ortiz. Why am I, am I? I just saw Perez's name on. It's Ortiz, isn't it? Carlos Ortiz. Carlos. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> almost had another uh, Henrik Norlander, Alex almost, Norton almost. situation on yeah. our hands. So uh, Ortiz, Dustin Johnson, and Brandon Grace were in the final group. So it's like if they can continue to have final groups like that on Saturday, 
it's gonna hard it's hard to say like it's not gonna it's not an issue at some point people have to like stop thinking it's not going to like it's not a formidable product because it seems like it, it is proving it can be and what they do is like the the top six finishers after the second round those are the final two groups in the shotgun so they both go off a of 1a 1b so it's in a way it's still most likely setting up for an 18th hole finish so i don't know i'm i'm still <clears throat> i was surprised how many people were there i thought there weren't that were i did not think there'd be that many people there um the plate the whether it be where they have the microphones, I think it's probably a lot to do with where they have the microphones, but you can hear so much crowd noise. And I have a feeling that's on purpose. But you can hear like literally everything anybody's saying throughout the whole broadcast. So overall, seven seven point four out of ten. Quality product. Oh, Average passing. I saw Paul Casey. I don't know how Paul you Casey can just say got recruited it. as well. Who? Paul Casey. Yeah, yeah. Which is fitting. Yeah, that makes that was it's almost like. Um, I was like, it, it seems almost like he should have done it earlier. Yeah, and exactly. I, this is the least surprising ad of almost anyone on the live. Uh, the my my one. And this is a guy just for a second who who just four short years ago refused to play in the Saudi international. So, just recognize that. Life life comes at you Paul fast. Paul Casey joining the live tour. Yeah, so I, I think it's gonna be very interesting these next this next year or so. I was reading an article, from, I think it was from the Fried Egg, um, about how the world golf rankings are going to play a big factor into this live. Mm-hmm. Where like you look at a guy like Tiger Woods, who has played in a couple majors, a couple events in the last two or three years, and he's dropped down to like nine hundred and fiftieth in the world. So the world rankings are very much like what have you done for me lately? Yeah, lead. for sure. And if if you, you start seeing precipitous falls of live players in the OWGR, does that change the equation? I that's what I, that's what I can't figure out because like they think about it, they have all these these guys that are in the top hundred right now, but if they're not getting world ranking points, they're not going to be in the top hundred for more than another month or two, and then they're not going to have top. So then their field strength, even when they do get world golf rankings, which I which the way I read it is at least a year away. It takes a year for the tour to be running up and running and meeting the criteria to be qualified for official world golf ranking points. Those guys are going to be so far down the rankings. The strength of field is going to be terrible. Even if they're still decently good players, they'd have to play the live golf players would essentially have to finish like every one of them have to finish top 10 at the majors. They got to play really well in those few events like this week. Yeah, so it's it'll and the be other and the majors and the other, you know, it's gonna be interesting opportunities you do get at those points. Yeah, because there, I mean, there won't, there's not gonna be even if they continue to pick off guys, those are gonna be the best ranked players. And then after a month or two or three months, they will fall to somewhere in the high hundreds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big, a big, uh, a big part of this moving forward. Definitely something to watch. It's going to be really interesting, maybe not right away, but as we get to where, you know, they want to expand the schedule next year and they want to, you know, players are going to, some of them don't care, you know, like the Westwoods, Casey, maybe even, you know, some of these guys who are, even though Casey's certainly in the top hundred on the back half of their career, you know, the home stretch, if you will, I think they've decided even if I fall in the official world golf ranking, even if I lose my chance at majors, I keep my chance at money, and that's my priority at this at this point. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes, I would. Yeah. So it's really a it's yeah it's about the it's about the top players. Yeah, you know, those six eight guys who are you know actually of the kind of quality to to earn their way into those events otherwise over the next handful of years. Uh, it, it seemed it seemed way too easy for Ian Poulter and his his buddies, other live golfers, to win that course case. That seemed like it just was like a like a swift action. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking if these guys want to play in the PGA Tour, they probably can. That took like no time at all. I, I heard about it, and then a day later, oh, they're in the Scottish Open. 
So that'll be yeah. that'll also be interesting to see as we move forward. Because <laughs> I'm because it's starting to seem like the I don't I don't think that the PJ Tour players were annoyed. Now they're starting to get pissed off. Like that those Billy Horschel comments he made. Do you see those? That whole video. No, what did he say? Oh, he he went. I still don't quite understand the of like the context of what he was saying because he called them like liars and hypocrites, and I wasn't quite sure what they were lying about. Or what talking they, about the talking the, about the the live players, like the people that have have went to the to the live tour. Oh, I see. So he 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 went. He uh, opened his mouth for a good four or five minutes. So that's that's worth looking at on Twitter. I'm sure you could find it pretty pretty quickly. I don't fault anyone for going to play the live tour. I don't have any ill will for anyone going to play the live tour. I have ill will toward comments that they've made comments saying that Jay Monahan doesn't listen. The PGA tour doesn't listen to us. I am the PGA tour just as two other and other members of the PGA tour. So when you take shots at the PGA tour and Jay, you're not just taking shots at them. You're taking shots at us. I'm tired of these comments. Go play the live tour and forget about the PGA tour. Maybe they don't want to support the PGA tour going forward. Don't tell me you're going to play the live and then go play 15 events on the PGA tour. That's not a small schedule. That's not playing less. I do think he hits on an interesting point there because these guys keep saying they want more time off while live has, you know, you got to play in all the events and they're going to go to 15 next year. It's really not that big of a difference because if you play 15 live events, you play four majors. Yeah. You're getting close to a, aren't you, aren't you pretty close to a Rory or a JT schedule as presently constructed right now? See, I, I think there's two sides to that where like the guy like Dustin Johnson he he is somebody that I don't think needs to play 15 events a year on the PJ Tour to get into the to the FedEx Cup if he plays well. But then you have a guy like like a Pat Perez who like I feel like he has to play they always talk about like that the the minimum amount which I guess isn't even a real thing it's only for voting rights that you have to play per year. Like I feel like Pat has to play so many more events than like that. We keep saying like that fifteen number to actually feel like he can make make it to the FedEx Cup. Like yeah. That. Okay. So it's yeah, like it's I a, it's a that's, weird. That's probably fair. For, if it's from certain certain players. Yeah. It's, I don't think it, it doesn't fit. That narrative doesn't fit for everybody. But like a a nineteen. Well, Pat's not going to make. Not going to play any majors. So a fifteen. A fifteen event season is a lot better than where I feel like Pat's got to play like twenty five. Really, he's got to play. Yeah, like I think he said, I got to play thirty to thirty five. Yeah. Um, Horschel also said, I believe they made their bed. They decided to go play on a tour, and they should go play that tour. They shouldn't be coming back over here to play the DP World Tour, or the PGA Tour. To say that they wanted to also support this tour, the DP or PGA Tour, going forward while playing the Live Tour is completely asinine, in my opinion. And so I think he hits on, I don't know if you can call that hypocrisy. I think that's just, you know, kind of like, you know, wanting to have your cake and eat it too. You know, if it's, if they are true competitors and the PGA tour is taking a position and likewise, you've taken a position that the PGA tour has not done enough for players. You can't also say, but I should be able to play on the PGA tour. You know, you've already said you don't want to, play. you know, you're kind of saying I've made a decision to leave the tour so then to fight for rights for that tour, I do understand what he's saying about, you know, that mm-hmm. asinine may be too strong a word, but they're talking out of both sides of their mouths in a sense. Yeah. I mean, you can always count on Billy for some hot takes. Yeah. No, you definitely can. He, uh, he, he does not shy away from, he got, he got hit with a pretty, uh, <laughs> a pretty funny meme, uh, from yesterday's press conference. So he said something, so I'm going to try to play this. So the, so the quote was, or like the tweet was, guys, whenever they go on an extensive golf trip, and this is what, Bill, I'm going to see if I can get this. I made that decision to not see my wife and kids for five weeks. Am I crying about it? No. <laughs> so that was the, that was, everyone was getting a nice chuckle out of that. Because <laughs> that is like, I guess that is, that is one side of the live where it's not consistently, is it every, 
like when we get to the back end of the schedule, I might be asking the wrong guy to know one last week, but are they playing back to back weeks? Or is there always oh, a week, know. always That's a, a good, week off? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question too. So it looks like they are. So no, I so, hate spending this much time talking about this tour, FYI, but I guess we kind of have to. Uh, so the only back-to-back weeks they have is uh, Bangkok and and Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Bangkok and Saudi Arabia are back-to-back weeks, but then that is it. I do look forward to at least seeing the images of like I'd like to see what a golf course in Bangkok and Jeddah, you know, and Saudi Arabia with these of the Red Sea. Like I, I don't know, that's so far outside my realm that I suppose I could just Google image it. Yeah, no, I mean, who knows? I, I don't. I still haven't taken a firm stance one way or the other. Things are going to be murky. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. And continue to be murky. All right. Well, enjoy the Scottish Open, the Barbasol, or a week off, whatever your flavor this week. Yeah. One more week till the Open. Get, get, get your sleep, and then we'll come We'll come hitting hard for the Open. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Hunter. Yep. Yeah, see ya.